And um, as you know, the theme of this month is prayer. And we're really emphasizing that and joining together with that. Appreciate all of you that are coming to pray. Prayer is the key. Amen. And uh, we need to uh, continue on that. Uh, a couple weeks ago, Sister Joy really set the stage for us for this month of prayer. Kicked it off with a bang. Amen. Amen. And um, I'm going to follow up today. And uh, in fact, the ushers have a handout for you. They're going to, ushers, if you will, just give everybody one of these. Some of you may already have this uh, particular outline. It's um, something that I've shared in years gone by. But I wanted to put it on a card stock because uh, the, I keep one in my Bible here at the church that I use for devotions. And I keep one in my Bible at home that I use for devotions. So. I thought I would share it with you, and in fact, I'll be preaching from this particular outline this morning. Um, when Jesus talked to us about prayer, he took several chapters in the New Testament to share important things about prayer, and he taught us, first of all, to address God as Father. And there's a way that you pray to your heavenly Father. And then Jesus gave illustration through parable to tell us how to approach God as friend. And that deals with intercession, a friend in behalf of a friend. We'll talk about that next Sunday. And then thirdly, Jesus taught us to pray as though we're in a courtroom because there is a spiritual judicial system. Satan's very much aware of that. Unfortunately, a lot of God's people are not really aware of how to operate in the courts of heaven. So I'm going to take at least one Sunday, maybe more, to talk about how you pray in the courts of heaven, how you appeal your case, and uh, how you get victory. Um, all of us want um, good answers to prayers. Amen? And uh, Jesus taught us how to do that. This morning I'm going to start with how we approach God as our Father. And um, Jesus taught his disciples. One of the interesting things to me is that the disciples came to Jesus and the one thing they asked him to teach them was how to pray. You would have thought that these guys that had traveled with Jesus and seen the miracles that he did perhaps would have asked him, Lord, how do you do miracles? We'd like to know. Um, what's the secret to that? Or perhaps observing Jesus in his great ministry. I mean, children even enjoyed being in the midst of Jesus and listening to him preach. He was the master preacher, the master teacher. And uh, you would have thought perhaps the disciples would have said, Lord, would you teach us how to, how to share? What's, what's the key, the secret to your ability to just communicate in such an effective way? They didn't ask those questions. They asked Jesus, would you teach us to pray? And I think when you really look at it, the answer is obvious. The disciples knew that the secret behind miracles was prayer. The secret behind great preaching and teaching is prayer. In fact, the secret to everything in the kingdom of God is prayer. 
Prayer is the key that connects us relationally with God. And without God, we're nothing anyway. Jesus said in his ministry, I don't do anything that I don't hear from my Father. Uh, I do what he tells me to do. I do what he shows me to do. That's the key to his ministry. That's the key to success in our lives, folks. Communicating with God and knowing the will of our Heavenly Father, if we follow that, we cannot fail because He's not going to lead us astray. He'll lead us in the right way. And so this morning I want to, I want to share with you something that you know. Many of you could probably quote this. In fact, after the first service, uh, Diane brought me two little boys and uh, they both stood there and, and quoted together the Lord's Prayer. Did a masterful job. They didn't miss a beat. Boy, these two little guys are just going for it. And uh, what a, what a, 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 somebody's teaching their kids right. Amen. And uh, I was excited about that, enjoyed it. But I want you to look at the Lord's Prayer um, as this outline gives you this morning and see it, first of all, as a prayer that we pray, but also see it as an outline or a skeleton for prayer where you just add the meat to it. I found out years ago that if I was struggling in prayer and having, you know, sometimes you can pray five minutes and it feels like an hour. And uh, I found out when, when it's difficult to pray that I can always revert to the Lord's Prayer and just pray through the Lord's Prayer. Before you know it, 30 minutes has gone by or an hour has gone by. If you just spend five or ten minutes on each one of these points that Jesus gave us, six of them, spend six, ten minutes on each one, you prayed an hour. And he started off by saying, we pray when we pray, when you pray. In fact, look how Luke put it when he quoted Jesus on this. He said, when you pray, say. When you pray, say. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So it's perfectly in order to say the Lord's Prayer exactly as it's given to us in the Scripture. In fact, an eight-year-old child can learn the Lord's Prayer and can say the Lord's Prayer. The beautiful thing about this, listen folks, to pray, you don't have to understand all the theology behind it. I mean, what, what does an eight-year-old know about the kingdom of God when they're praying, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? They don't know, but they're praying it. Amen. So Jesus said, when you pray, say. So it's right to pray the Lord's Prayer right through. It's the first words out of my mouth when I wake up in the morning. I want to pray, Father, thank you for the night's rest and the new day. And now I come before you, my Father, and I say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I, I, I pray the Lord's Prayer. Um, Jesus said, start your prayer by giving, if you're coming to God as Father, by giving glory to his name. Hallow his name. If you're born again, God, your heavenly Father, sh His name should be sacred to you. In fact, it, 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 ought to, it ought to cause something to just kind of grind in your spirit when you hear somebody throwing around the name of God. 
I, I, I detest that. I despise it. Uh, I sure hate to hear somebody blaspheme using the name of God. But I, I don't, it bothers me when people say, my God, my God. I, I want to say that, you know, um, say my goodness, say my something else. <laughs> Just, don't, don't be casual with the name of God. This is our heavenly father that we're talking about. This is the God who rules the universe that we're talking about. And Jesus said we ought to hallow his name. That word hallow simply means to keep that name as sacred, to honor it, to see it as holy. Uh, I know when, when you start talking about praying to God as Father, it conjures up different things for different people based on what your experience is in life. I've counseled with people who have problems praying to God as Father because they have a bad father, or they had a bad father, they had an abusive father, or they had a, um, an absentee father, or a, a neglectful father. And so when they think of the word Father, it does not bring a good image up in their mind. I don't know what your experience is, and if you struggle with that, um, I certainly want to encourage you this morning by telling you that regardless of what you may have had in the way of a parent uh, that you call dad or father, no matter what kind of shortcomings they may have had or failures they may have made or no matter how they may have treated you, your heavenly father is good. And I mean he is good in every way. I love the song that we sang a while ago when we were singing about God, you're so good. Well, you can't overemphasize that this morning, folks. God is good. God is good. Say that with me. God is good. Say it again. Say it one more time like you mean it. God is good. Yes, he is. And we used to answer by all the time. Amen. All the time, God is good. He is good. Let me get all the time. Yes, somebody's got it right there. God is good all the time. Never a time that God's not good. And I want to tell you this morning that God always has your best interest in his mind and in his heart. He wants what's good for you. Look what Jesus said in Luke chapter 12, verse 32. He said, do not fear, little flock. For it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Did you know that your heavenly Father is preparing you? That's, what, that's part of what spiritual growth is all about. Your heavenly Father is preparing you for the day and the time and the place where he can give you an inheritance in his kingdom so that you can rule and reign with him throughout eternity. Isn't that wonderful? Listen, don't worry about what you inherit in this life or what you don't inherit in this life. I see families get all crossed up, and some of them don't speak for years, some of them for the rest of their lives, because they got all mad and confused over what somebody left them or didn't leave them. And, and, and I've seen families fight and go to court and sue one another for their inheritance. Oh my goodness alive, folks. If somebody's trying to cheat you out of something or beat you out of something, just forget it. 
forgive them in the name of Jesus and pray for them. They need prayer. And look at what you've got waiting on. Look at the inheritance that God has got for you. My goodness alive. A few paltry pennies in this world don't compare to what we're going to have eternally as our inheritance in the Lord. Glory to we, You know who we're inheriting with? We're inheriting with Jesus. We're going to become heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ forever and forever and forever and forevermore. Praise the Lord. Amen. So we, we're coming to a good father. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. As children of God, when we pray to our Heavenly Father, we should come before Him with boldness. Now that doesn't mean arrogance. That's not talking about some cocky attitude coming in here like you're going to boss God around. That's not what he's talking about at all. But he's saying when you pray, come with confidence and faith that you're coming before the throne of one who loves you and that you're accepted in the beloved. <laughs> Wouldn't it look silly? I, uh, we, we raised two boys, and when they were teenagers, in fact, uh, <clears throat> Dale Simpson had two boys too, and I remember him telling me his boys were a little bit older than mine. He used to tell me when mine were around 14, 15, he said, boy, I can't wait till you got two teenagers driving on Washington Road. <laughs> and that day finally came, and, and God's grace is sufficient. We live through it. One of my kids only destroyed three automobiles. We made it through it, us and the insurance company. <laughs> the, insur the insurance company, my, my rates kept going up so, so high. I made them go to work and get a job and help pay for it. And that cut down on the wrecks, too. That cut, <laughs> cut, cut down on speeding tickets and all that kind of stuff. Cut down on squealing tires when they had to start buying them. You look at things a little differently, don't you, when you got an investment in it? <laughs> But, but wouldn't it have been silly, and, and, and wouldn't it be a heartbreak for, for a parent if, for, if, you, if your child came in to borrow the car, and they were cowing down and, and, and maybe even crawling on the floor and saying, Daddy, could I please borrow the car? No, that's not the way they do it. Good time of living. Especially when they're teenagers. My goodness, they come in with confidence, boy. In fact, they're absolutely certain when they're teenagers, they can drive better than you can anyway. I mean, good night, they've had two weeks' experience. They know more about everything than you do then. They, they, they come in and comment, could I have the car? And they'll give you all the reasons why you should, should have the car and uh, use the car and and what what will what really amazed me is teenagers that have contributed basically nothing they've just been takers their whole life from the time they came out of the womb they've just been takers they can come up with reasons why they think you ought to buy them a car <laughs> any of you experienced that don't raise your hand is it there <laughs> where do they get that <laughs> 
Jesus said, look, in, in fact, he makes a comparison in, in some of his parables about earthly parenting and your heavenly father's parenting. And right here he said, we, we need to come just as confidently to our heavenly father as, as we would go to our earthly father. We know that we're accepted. How many of you understand that it doesn't matter how old you get, there, there's one place. If you, if you had a good home life, I know there are exceptions, but if you had a good home life, you had good parents, there's one place that you can always go, and you're always accepted. It, it doesn't matter. Even if you mess up, you can always go home. Your parents are all, always going to love you. Well, listen, how much more does your heavenly Father love you this morning? And so we, when we come to him, we ought to start off by just saying, Heavenly Father, I hallow your name. Uh, and, and spend a few times in worship. In fact, on this little outline here, I, I gave you five benefits of the new covenant. We have victory over sin. We have victory in our spirit. We have soundness of mind. God wants us to have success. God wants us to be secure. He's our protector. He's our provider. All these things are provided for in the New Testament. And in the Old Testament, there were names that were revealed to us that tell us a little bit about the character of God. Now, none of us can fully understand and comprehend God. He's incomprehensible. He's, we, he's beyond us. And yet God gives us little insights into some of his character so we can better understand it. I give you some here. There's an Old Testament name for God, Jehovah Sidkenu, which simply means Jehovah God is our righteousness. He exchanges his righteousness for our filthy rags. We come to him in our sin, and, and he gives us, and we become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Jehovah is our righteousness. Jehovah Kedish, Jehovah is our sanctification. He's the one that sets us apart from the world and declares us holy. Isn't he a wonderful God? Jehovah Shalom, God's our peace. Amen. Are you looking for peace today? If you're looking for it in the world, you're looking in the wrong place. Look to Jehovah God. He is our peace. He's a peace that passes understanding. Jehovah Shammah, he is the God who is there. He's the ever-present God. Praise the Lord. The psalmist said, where should I go to flee from your presence? There is no place. Doesn't matter how high I fly, God is there. Doesn't matter how low I dig, God is there. Doesn't matter how far to the east or west I go, God is there. I'm so glad. Doesn't matter this morning. Praise God. We got folks here from India this morning. God's in India while we're worshiping here. There are people in India that are worshiping God. He's an ever-present God. So if you go to India, you're not going to lose God or you're not going to be away from God. He'll be right there with you just like he is here. He is wonderful. Praise God. Give him praise this morning. <laughs> Jehovah Rophe, God is our healer. How many of you have been healed by the power of God? Praise God. He's the healer. Jehovah Jireh, he's our provider, the God who provides. He revealed that to Abraham when Abraham offered up his son Isaac. God, Jehovah Jireh, the provider. While God was bringing Abraham and Isaac up the mountain with his right hand, Isaac looked over at his daddy and he said, Daddy, I don't understand. I see we got the wood and we got the fire, but where's the sacrifice? Abraham by faith said, Son, God will provide himself a sacrifice. But they didn't know who the sacrifice was going to be. In fact, God had told him to take his only son, Isaac, and offer him as a sacrifice. 
But what he didn't know is the left hand of God was bringing a ram up the other side of the mountain. And they met at the top of the mountain, and God provided the sacrifice. Praise God. Some of you, guys, some of you people this morning, ladies and gentlemen, some of you are going through stuff that you don't understand and you can't see, and, and, and it's a struggle in your life right now. And, and, and you, but I, I want to tell you something. God is, God is everywhere, so he's somewhere else already working in your behalf. And eventually it's going to come together because all things work together for good to them that love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. He'll make it work out. And he's Jehovah Nissi, the Lord our banner. Brother Steve mentioned that a while ago. Praise God. And the prophet of old said, and his banner over us is love. Praise God. I, uh, I have respect and I honor the American flag because of what it represents. And I don't mind telling you, you can call it old-fashioned or anything you want to call it, but it bothers me when I see people desecrate our flag. It bothers me. I, I don't like it. Um, when I was a kid, every morning you started class with the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag. We honored the flag. But I want to tell you, there is a flag even above our national flag that is flying over us. You may not be able to see it this morning because it's, it's a spiritual flag, but it's a banner, and it's the love of God, and it's waving over all of us today. Jehovah Nissi, your banner over me is love. Praise God. John said God is love. Praise the Lord. And finally, there's Jehovah Rohi. He is the shepherd. Sometimes when I'm praying, I'll just say, Lord, I thank you that my, you're my shepherd. And because you're my shepherd, I shall not want. I thank you, Father God, that you lead me beside still waters and, and, and you, you restore my soul and you lead me in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. And, and uh, even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't have to fear a thing because I know you're with me. Your rod and staff comfort me. You even pour your anointing oil of joy and gladness over the top of my head and prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Glory to God. You even have Mr. Goodness and Miss Mercy following me all the days of my life. And soon I'm going to dwell in your house. And when I get there, I'm going to be there forever. Hallelujah. <laughs> praise God. We praise the Lord. Then Jesus said, here's how you start your supplication. Supplication means the things that you ask for. He said the first thing, and this, this is important, folks. If it, it, Get this if you miss everything else I say this morning. It is so important that you pray this part of the Lord's Prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let me tell you why that's so important. Jesus said, by the way, if you research this, if you go back and, and, and see what he's talking about, so you get the message in contact, context, the verse in context. Jesus is talking about food, clothing, and shelter. And this is what he said. He said, if you will seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all of these things shall be added unto you. What are those things? Food, clothing, and shelter. So if I seek first the kingdom of God, if I put God first, God will take care of me. That's a promise out of the Word of God. 
This is not the preacher talking this morning. This is Jesus talking right out of his word this morning. You read it right here. He said, if you'll do that, he'll take care of you. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and his kingdom of God and his rights and all these things will be added to you. So you don't have to worry about this stuff. That's why you need to seek first the kingdom of God. There's a second reason why you ought to seek first the kingdom of God. Because if you seek first the kingdom of God, that will take care of your missteps in prayer. Now let me explain what I'm talking about. Any of you ever had any missteps in prayer? What I mean by that is have you ever prayed for something and you realize later that I'm glad God didn't answer that prayer. Amen. Yeah. Reminds me of the story of the guy in the insane asylum Somebody was visiting the insane asylum, and this guide was taking them through and showing them the insane asylum. And, and uh, there, there was, they went in this one area ward where the guy was just uh, sitting there rocking back and forth, and he's saying, Sue, Sue, Sue. And, <clears throat> and, uh, guy said, what's, what's wrong with him? And he said, well, he, he was engaged to a girl named Sue, and she jilted him and broke his heart, and it, it drove him insane, and he just sits and does that all day long. And so they went on, and after a while, they came to the worst part of the insane asylum, nothing but padded cells. And there was a guy in there screaming at the top of his voice, Sue, Sue, and was banging his head against the wall. That's why they had to quilt it, banging his head against the wall. And said, what's wrong with that guy? He said, he's the guy that got Sue. (laughs) So sometimes, sometimes God saves us from a lot of heartache by not giving us what we want or what we're asking for. Amen. And I apologize if there's anybody in here named Sue. <laughs> that wasn't really true. It's just to illustrate the point here. I, they, just a story. Somebody, I guess they made it up and I don't know. Well, let's go on. You pray for the will of God. That's the, by the way, that's the most important thing anyway, is the will of God for all of our lives. If God, if, if that's predominant and preeminent in our prayers and God gives us his will, then if we misstep along the way, that'll take care of it. Because first we're seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Amen? Then he says, <clears throat> start praying for your daily needs. Pray for your daily bread. And this is where you get specific. Make your request known to God. Tell him exactly what you need. Pray for those daily needs that you have. By the way, I noticed in studying the Psalms years ago, it it came to my attention that the older David became, the more his Psalms were about praising God instead of asking God for things. Early in his life, 
There's a lot of praise, a lot of petitions for different things. But the older he got, he just praised the Lord more and more and more and more. In fact, you get toward the end where he just blesses God in every verse of the whole psalm. Just bless the Lord. Oh my, just bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. The older I get, the more I realize that God has your back, that God will take care of you, that you can trust him, that, that his word is true and he's faithful. And so I don't ask God for near as much as I used to. In fact, I, sometimes I'll just mention daily needs and sometimes I don't even ask God for anything. In fact, I've got one day a week that I devote to not asking God for anything. Just praise God all day long. Just praise him. And when I get to this part of the Lord's Prayer where I say, give us this day our daily bread, I say, Lord, I thank you because my needs are met. My needs are met, my needs are met, my needs are met. According to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus, my needs are met. So, Lord, I just submit that to you, everything I need today, and I'm trusting you, and praise God is taken care of. And I just leave it there. Amen? Just praise God. Then he said, pray to forgive us our debts or our trespasses, depending on which version you use there, as we forgive others. God determines how he forgives us based on how we're willing to forgive others. Now that is a scary thought. But you better take it seriously. And let me tell you why God puts it that way. God, for Christ's sake, when we came to God and repented of our sins and accepted him as our Savior, God forgave us for what? Everything. You understand what I'm saying? Anybody here understand when you, when, you, when you repented of your sins, God forgave you of everything. Didn't matter what you had done in the past. God forgave you of everything. The blood of Jesus washed away every sin, every stain. God's not about to allow us as his children to receive his forgiveness for everything and then for us to turn around and not forgive somebody else just doesn't work that way we're required to forgive so forgive us as we forgive others in fact as an addendum to the lord's prayer and i won't get into that much today but when you finish the lord's prayer after it says amen the very next verse ties it to the lord's prayer by saying for if you forgive not men their trespasses your heavenly father will not forgive you of your trespasses that's how serious God takes this thing of forgiveness. So, folks, you got to forgive. I love that because that means you got to forgive me. You can't hold anything against me. Amen. We just, and listen, God doesn't just give us that because it's a good idea or the right thing to do. He gives us that because it's for our good. It's for our good. When we forgive others, it sets us free. Amen? Then he says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We want the Lord to guide us in the path away from temptation, away from the... the and, and he can do that. God can give you the wisdom and the protection that you need so that the enemy with his temptations are not able to get to you. Praise God. And then we wind up the Lord's Prayer exactly like we began, by praising the Lord. For thine is the kingdom, the power, 
and the glory forever. Amen. Can you say amen? amen? Stand with me, please. Praise God. I trust this little handout will help you. And next Sunday, I want to talk to you about approaching God as friend. And then the following Sunday, I'll get into what will probably take me more than one Sunday to deal with, but that's dealing with the courts of heaven. And I hope you'll stay with me through this series because I'm excited about that part. And let me tell you why. I've been, I've been studying on that for probably three years now. And I'm convinced that very few Christians really understand how to operate in the courts of heaven. And the enemy don't want you to understand that because that's where you can get the verdict in your favor and stand on the promise of God and get victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. Amen. And by the way, you have an enemy who is accusing you in the courts of heaven. The accuser is the devil himself. And I'll show you in this series how we defeat that by the help and the grace of God. Right now, I want you to bow your head with me, please, all over the congregation. If you're standing here with, you'll say, Pastor, I've really got a serious need in my life today. And I'd like to be remembered in prayer. Would you just slip your hand up? Anywhere in the building. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Yes, all over the building. I'd like to be remembered in prayer. God bless you. Thank you. Anybody here today say, Preacher, I'm suffering physically. I need a healing touch from God. Would you pray for me? Would you lift your hand? Yes. Yes, I see that. Thank you. Yes, God bless you. How many of you are standing here today? You say, Pastor, I got a, I've got a serious need in, our, in my family, family relationships. We need, we need God to move in our home and our family. Just raise your hand. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Does anyone here this morning say, Pastor, I'm not sure that if I died today that I'd go to heaven. I'd really like that assurance that everything's right between God and me. Would you raise your hand? Anybody? Yes. God bless you. I see it. See those hands. We're going to pray right now all over the building. And if you're unsaved, I want you to just ask the Lord to forgive you for every sin and ask him to come into your heart. Remember, God, your heavenly Father loves you. And it's his desire this morning to meet that need and to bless you. Receive him as your Lord and Savior as we pray. If you have any other needs, if you're sick today, we believe that God will heal you right where you're standing. If you've got a financial need or a relational need, Let's pray together all over the congregation. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you today. Father, we're so grateful because we know that you love us. You so loved us that you gave your only begotten son. Jesus, you so loved us that you gave us your life. And we come today boldly expecting by faith to receive. We thank you for it. I pray for healing for every person that's struggling physically this morning. I pray for financial needs to be met, relational needs to be met. And I pray for those that raised their hand today that said, I'm not sure that I'm ready to meet God. 
Lord, would you speak to their hearts right now and help them to open their heart to you in such a way that you can come in and give that assurance that their name is written on the Lamb's book of life. They're ready to meet you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Would you give God praise? Thank you.